Three, two, one. Jimmy, we're back again. Um, you have to subscribe to my podcast. But anyways. Uh, What's it called? I forgot. It's good. I'll look it up before you go. That helps me out as well as your viewers out. Yeah, definitely does. Guys, this is Jimmy Rydell, longtime friend since first freaking grade. Uh, Miss Ayanna Cohn's class. She's my Facebook friend now. And wow, time flies. I remember a music class with Mrs. Tenor when you chipped your tooth on the floor. Oh, yeah. I don't remember that. I do. Dude, I was like out of it as a student. It was like one big trip as a little kid, if you think about it. Because it's like, all right, uh, on to the next one, you know? Central school, the Central school. school. Yeah, Central school. For me, technically Central, ALT, and Woodland. You went to ALT? I went to ALT, like, uh, so I got held back in, what was the kindergarten teacher's name? This is Miss It starts with a B, right? Oh. She had curly red hair. I remember Mrs. Ross and Ms. Han was my kaleidoscope teacher, and then yes. she moved to fourth grade. Now well, she's referred to as Miss, Mrs. Madunio. Madunio, yeah, I remember she's that. She's like the reach teacher or something, the last I heard, but I don't know. But basically, long story short, I couldn't glue acorns together, so they said, you need to repeat with some special help. So they sent me to ALT, where I was in a small class, as well as a big class, like half the time. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that was fun. And then afterwards, they're like, yeah, you can go to, back to Central School, first grade. You don't need to be on the small bus anymore. Don't do that to yourself. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then I've been seeing a doctor f since like till senior year of high school once a month to do random tests and stuff like that. Was it like reading comprehension and stuff like that? It's more I like. Mean, I mean, I did like speech. Like I had a speech pathologist. It was pathologist. everything. It was yeah. everything. It was insane. Yeah. Like I remember one test, I'll never forget. Basically he says, tell me the time. And he told me that every time I went in, first thing he says is tell me the time. I told it the right way, and then he had a clock that everything was backwards. He's like, tell me the time now. I'm like, dick. Oh, if he just didn't have a watch and you said time to get a watch, that would have been it. I remember the teachers were like, you better learn math because you're not going to have a pocket calculator everywhere you go. That's not true. And look at where we are now. Mm. On our freaking wrist, we have a calculator. And yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. So, um... Let's talk about, let's go back to We the went back. Yeah. I said Mrs. Tenor. Yeah, no, that's really back. That's back. Yeah. Mr. Pulowski. Fourth grade, right? Third grade. Third grade. Yeah. Yeah, third grade. Man. Remember Miss Howard? Wow. Yeah. Remember when she fell off her rocking chair? I remember that. Miss Iannacone's class. Yeah. Damn. Life was Shouldn't insane. laugh, but I did. <laughs> She's still alive, folks. She's, is she really? Yes. Mrs. Howard? Miss Howard is still alive. She, was... she comes to my parents' restaurants once in a while. No way. She still smells like matzo ball soup. And she's big glasses. I remember she had thick ones back then, too. Oh, yeah. Ask glasses, that. that is. And sometimes I run into her at the library and warn. Um, well, my mother has dinner with Claire Waldron. Her uh, granddaughter worked for me for a bit. Luba Blake and 
Joanne Butler. This is like Butler? once every three months. Yeah. This is Butler still alive? Of course. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and I know they come to your restaurant. Yeah. Um, I remember how she would read us the books. And with the spider puppet. Yep. And she would feed the spider. She'd be really good at it. Yeah. It was convincing. Remember how awesome book fair was in school? Book fair was cool. I never felt so excited about buying a poster in my life. Oh my god. Or did like not a, buy books, or did like not read books. Store. Posters. What? The school store. Maybe that's why it took me till 30 years of age to graduate college, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> into posters. I, I have two classes left, Jimmy, to two, graduate. For a bachelor's or a master's? Bachelor's. Yeah. Better late than never, I said. What I wanted to do was also graduate the same week my daughter graduates. Oh, man. Just to mess with her. Rager. Yeah. She'd be like, Dad. And I was like, hey, homie's got to graduate sooner or later. Daddy's got <laughs> to eat. Uh, but yeah, so then time flies with that. Sometimes I drive past your old house on my way to my old house. I want to say I drive by the old Sandalwood residence like twice since my parents. You know, I'm still sort of getting used to being in New Jersey, even though I've been here for three years. Like that whole Chimney Rock, Whole Foods, 22 West. Brand new, right? Train tracks, bridge, mm -hmm. container store area. Blows my mind. I don't get that. Damn. When I left, it was like how we always remembered it. Yeah. Like All trees. Just trees and I don't know. When I, I mean, I was gone for about six, seven years. So it was just kind of like coming Has back. it been six, seven years that you were gone? So I went to basic in 2013 for the Marine Corps. Okay. And then I got out 2017, but stayed in Hawaii to get my associate's degree mm -hmm. and bachelor's degree and kind of lived my life out there with my wife till about late 2019. And she basically, I mean, you're a catch. So, but like she moved there and says, Jimmy, I love you. Let's get married. Long story short. No, I, <laughs> I. She's a catch. And oh, yeah, for I, sure. I caught her. Okay. And it was, she came out to visit me. Everybody who's going to listen to this is like, oh, yeah, he's in the, he's in the military. He's whatever. But, like, uh, why'd she come to visit you? You're just like, yo, you'll so come we were, visit? We were dating. Okay. Uh, so we did date. Uh, actually, funny story, I graduated before I went to basic. So before I went to Paris Island, mm -hmm. I broke up with her and was like, Ooh. I don't want... She was young. She was like 20 years old. 20, 21. Okay. And I was like, I don't really want you dating me. I'm going to be in the military. I'm going to be gone all the time. Like, yeah. You're young. What are you doing, man? Like, it wasn't a... We separate because anything else. That's really what it was about. You guys thinking about the future? Yeah. I was. And she was just kind of like blown away and was not having it. She was like, I don't, I don't think that makes any sense. And I said, well, that's my decision. So that's just the way it was, and then halfway through basic, obviously, you get the, you get the stir, and you get the loneliness, and you're oh, like, yeah. oh, man, I screwed up, because it's just you alone and your thoughts, and a guy who's your age and a campaign cover screaming at your face. Um, I had, actually, <laughs> I had a good time in boot camp, though. It was, it was kind of funny, because <laughs> I, I was older. I was 24. So, I st you know, Parasign, you just write, you don't have cell phones, you don't have phones, She's got to write letters. So I wrote her letters. I wrote it, you know, whoever. And I was like, man, 
it'll be a blessing if I get a letter back from her, and I did. But it wasn't like a. It was more like a hey, what's up? Hey, what's up back? And then I was just like, screw it, I'm gonna ask. Yeah. In my second letter, I was like, yeah, I'm graduating this day, whatever, blah blah blah. And I didn't really hear anything back. So I graduated. You know, poured that day. Never forget. And out of nowhere, I just see like a. It was like a. Like a movie, and it was like a clear path of people just kind of like set aside and she was at the end of the row of people and I was like what the hell are you so doing So she here? didn't she didn't let you know she was coming. Yeah, no. So I was just like holy hell. So I was blown away. Uh, and that was kind of like the start of our like a picking off picking up where we left off relationship. Yeah. And that's how I knew that it was like a she was committed to being here no matter where I went or what I was going to go through or whatever cuz I still had training to go through. Yeah. I was in the infantry, so I still had to go through infantry training. I still had to get my duty station, hmm. wherever the hell that would have took me, which mm -hmm. it ended up taking me to Hawaii. Um, and then I was like, I'm going to Hawaii. She was like, bye. <laughs> and then uh, we set up a trip. She came out on uh, May, uh, proposed on a Friday, got married on a Sunday. What year was that? 2014. Wow. So it's been about eight and change we've been married. But it was like, like, I got down on one knee, did the whole thing at dinner, and she was like, yeah. I was like, all right, cool. Like, literally, like, no joke. Like, cool. So how's Sunday? <laughs> and she was just like, all right. And I was like, really? She was like, yeah. I was like, okay. And then we did. We just got married. That's great. crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Someone who's just with you, along for the ride. And then I went on deployment, a six-month deployment, like, not even a month later. Wow. And she was she went back to Jersey and then she moved back out officially to Hawaii and when I came back in December January, um, and it's been the it's been that ever since. How is living in Hawaii like? I know it's expensive, but was it also like laid back and you went to work and then you just came home and be like what's up? It was laid back. It's definitely a laid back state. Um, if you're from Jersey in New York and you're driving on the H1, H2, or H3, you'll lose your friggin' mind. Um, Is it slow living there? Oh, man. Yeah, it's super slow. To the point where it's almost aggravating. Really? Because <laughs> um, we're used to fast stuff here. Yeah. Um, and good restaurants. How's well, the restaurants there? Uh, if you don't like seafood, just, just stay away. <laughs> um, it's Sucks. like some of the best seafood in the world. And then, obviously, like I went to Japan during the Marine Corps and... That was really good seafood too. Really good food. Uh, just, I don't know. Like, they're bringing it east here. You you heard of poke? Yes. So poke is like sometimes they do it with salmon because we're here in the northeast, I guess. So it's like whatever's available. But it's supposed to be big eye tuna, which is like caught in the Pacific. Sometimes mm -hmm. they go to the fishermen in Hawaii steer off the. Uh, uh, western coast of Mexico to get it and it's just they put it with like the sriracha sauce and it's on a bed of rice it's just so freaking delicious um that's I ate that like almost every day uh huh like yeah but um the food scene's good the nightlife is good um towards the end of my stay in Hawaii the whole reason why I left is number one is family of course uh, and number two is uh going a little stir crazy out there on the islands I mean you're in the middle of 
nowhere. And it's, it's you know, a lot of people listening are probably going to be like, so you're really bitching about being in Hawaii? And it was like, <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Like, um, you'd do it. Yeah, I mean, like, again, like, I I got to live there as a, as a Marine, which was great, and that was cool. Well, whatever. In the Marine Corps, we couldn't really do a lot of training in Hawaii. We had to, like, go to California, go to, go to the desert, go to Big Island, you could shoot, like, some stuff off there. You go to Japan, you go, you go to all these places. You're really never in Hawaii. And then when I finally got to stay in Hawaii as a civilian and when I was going to school uh, at the University of Hawaii. Um, was it, it boring? It was very laid back, and it's as boring or exciting as you make it. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, there's always something to do. Like, if you like to fish... If you like to spearfish, if you like to... Hiking? Uh, we, I mean, my wife and I hiked almost every day. We tried to do... We actually, like, made, like, a, a jar, like a mason jar. And we were, like, a year and a half from leaving. And it comes up on... It came up on us quick, but we were like, yo, like, these are the things we want to do. They were activities. We put them on, like, a, like a popsicle stick. Yeah. And we would literally, like, draw a popsicle stick, like, every day. And be like, oh, we didn't go to this beach. We're going to go to this beach. Or we're going to go do this hike. Or we're going to eat at this restaurant. Uh, so we, like, try to, like, narrow down the things that we didn't get to do in a matter of a year and a half. And we we did pretty pretty good amount, so. How many sticks was left? Quite a few sticks. Yeah. But if you looked at the sticks, you were like, ah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, that's fine. We, we nailed a lot of the big stuff, so. That's crazy. I remember, so, we have a mutual friend that we also all grew up with, Willie Kielblock. Hey, Willie, if you're listening, we love you. It's my biffle right there. Yes. And uh, it was Willie's wedding. And I remember working at my dad's restaurant, and I was like, how am I going to go to Willie's wedding? And my wife was like, you go, it's fine. I mean, it's literally like a Friday night you're going to miss. You'll be back Saturday afternoon. But... I was like, okay. So I left Wednesday morning, got there Wednesday night, uh, rented a Camaro convertible. Because when you're in Florida, Sarasota, you want to get as much sun as possible. And we were really, really hoping for you, Jimmy, to also make it too. Because we haven't seen you in so long at that time. We saw your parents. They came by. That was awesome. And uh, Skeeter, Willie's dad, had broken his leg. So basically everyone was pulling him on like a little cart everywhere. Um, I didn't know that. But that was one trip I was super excited for. I mean, obviously, because Willie was getting married, but also to see you. But then when you called us and said that, you know, what was it, your commander wouldn't let you go? It wasn't even, on, I'll be honest, it wasn't even like the commander wouldn't let me go. It was more as we're training here. It would be a shame. You know when your parents look at you and they're, I'm not mad, but I'm disappointed? Yeah. It was... They, we're, tra- we're training here. Yeah. It would be a real shame if you missed training. And it was all like, I get it. I can go. Yeah. I could have went. I could have went. Number one, commanders wouldn't have liked it, like my COs and my platoon sergeants, and they would not have liked it. Number two was, this was my second workup to a deployment. Uh-huh. So a workup is like all the training events leading to a deployment. I know that my peers would have been like, right out, you're kind of a bitch. 
<laughs> like, you really, like, a wedding, really? Um, and it was training on Big Island. And uh, I had a choice to make. It was either, like, it was either go and deal with the repercussions of the Marine Corps for the next two years or go and just no regrets. And honestly, I, I went out to go see Willie in Tampa last November. And I saw him and Christine and their baby, uh, their, their girl, Julia. Julia. Hi, and, Julia. Uh, and it was like the greatest trip ever and made me realize that I did, I did screw up and I should have went. And it wouldn't have mattered what my peers thought of me. But it's like, it's a, definitely a regret that I still live with today. And is you know, I was in the wedding, obviously, like it was you, Evan, and myself, we're gonna, and Danny. Uh, yeah. And Matt, and I was just kind of like, all right, like, that's that's cool, but like, I, I, at that moment in my life, I outweighed the, the cons and the pros and pros well, and cons. Well, think about we it want. this way, right, yeah. Jimmy? Like, think about it this way: you were training, and you were about to be deployed, right? Five months, yeah, four or five months away from deployment. So I mean. Yeah. Honestly, if they were going to teach you how to, like, save your life from a rattlesnake bite or something like that, and you missed it for the wedding, I, I understand their point of view, and I understand that culture and stuff. But tell me this. Did they give you a choice and say, hey, Jimmy, we're going to Afghanistan. Did you want to sign up and go or stay? No. Did they ever give you a choice like that? To go to... Like, anywhere that we're fighting? No. It's the need, everything is based on the needs of the Marine Corps. Okay. So that's why it's like, it's like, uh, you know, when I tell people, which uh, every person I get a reaction from, where are you stationed? And I say Hawaii. And they go, oh, it must have been nice. <laughs> it's, it's literally not me that asked for, you don't, you don't get a choice. You just go because you guys are short and they need guys. So yeah. I got a, a one-way ticket to Hawaii. And honestly, everybody also, the next question is, oh, were you sipping Mai Tais? <laughs> and it's like, do you understand that that's probably the hardest place you'll train because of your geographic location? A lot of, what a lot of people don't understand is you're rucking every beach and every friggin' mountain. And then from there, you're not, you're, you don't have, you have downtime. Don't get me wrong. You have a little bit of downtime, but you're... Most of your time is not spent in Hawaii, like I said before. You're going other places to train. Me, I enlisted in the Marine Corps to go to, go to war. That's why I, I was a machine gunner. So when I showed up to the fleet, this is a funny story, showed up to the fleet, mm -hmm. I was like, man, we're going to go to war. This is going to be great. You know, I got my spot. I, I fought really hard to get my spot. Yeah. Because they were, you know, we were out of Iraq, and we were still getting out of Afghanistan. We were still withdrawing in yeah. 2013. So it was yeah. like... You know, I had a shot, but when I showed up to my barracks and there was a bounce castle and a blow-up pool and a trampoline, I was like, where am I? And everybody was like, hey, ready for your combat deployment? Psych, nah, you're not going to combat. You're going to Japan for six months. And I went, nah, that's not real. And sure enough, after tons of like you train so hard to go to Okinawa and sit there for six months from Okinawa you go you go to mainland Japan you can go to Thailand you can go to the Philippines you go to Korea 
You can go to all these places and tr cross train with other branches, which I did. I trained with the Korean, the Republic of Korean Marines, and held the line at the DMZ, and you know did other things. But it was just like the last thing we were going to do was go to Afghanistan or Iraq, unless something significant happened. Yeah. Uh, so, but when you asked me before getting back to Willie's wedding, it was like, yo, like you have a choice. You could either do this training and get ready for deployment, or you can go to Willie, you know, your best friend's wedding. <laughs> you can go to Willie's wedding. <laughs> you can go to your whatever. I had a choice, and I, I regret my decision now, and I didn't back then. Uh, and it was a, it was silly, but uh, that's how I felt. So. You hear that, Willie? He's sorry. Get over it now. No, he, he knows. <laughs> he knows. And he keeps telling me. He's like, stop beating yourself up. But honestly, it's, it sucks. You know, um, when we all heard you got married, we were extremely happy. But we were also kind of like, all right, so when is Jimmy going to have a destination wedding or something so we can all fly out there, have an excuse, and just enjoy the moment with you? Do people come up to you and be like, yo, Jimmy, you owe us a wedding? <laughs> Yeah, my mother, every day. <laughs> Jane, she, uh, she was furious. Uh, I bet. I know your the mom, The phone Jim. call went like this. It was actually my dad first, which <laughs> kind of softened the bird, but it still sucked. How was Julia's trip? It was really good. She's thinking about moving out here. Meanwhile, I proposed we got married. Julia left. She's back in Jersey. My parents are in Jersey. I'm in Hawaii. I am married for about two weeks now. How was Julia's trip? Julia's trip was great. She's thinking about moving out here with me. Oh, man, that's exciting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So what would be your living situation? I don't know. It would probably be like maybe something on base, maybe something just off base on the bay. Uh-huh. That's when my dad, whose brother was a Marine in Vietnam, and yeah. his uncle was a Marine in in uh, the island campaign uh, for World War II, and his uncle was a uh, Korean War uh, Marine, too. <laughs> he goes, don't you have to be married to live on base? <laughs> and I say, I just go, yeah. And he goes, so what are you saying? <laughs> and I said, I'm saying I'm married. He just goes, oh, shit. And I just go, yeah. Can I talk to mom? He goes, I don't think that's a good idea. And you know what? He goes, Jimmy has something to say to you. And I just tell my mom straight up, cut through the old crap cake, and I just say, Mom, I got married. Julie and I are married. What? Oh! Just starts screaming. She was more upset that she wasn't there than she wasn't upset that we were married, obviously. She was yeah. very happy for us, but she was like, Why, why didn't you call us? We would have been there. It was just. I'm so happy that the sequence of events of how we got married happened, though. Yeah. Even though that was, like, the hardest part about it, was telling my parents two weeks after I got married. Uh-huh. Hey, man, we've been married for eight and a half years. We just bought a house and got a dog now and no kids, but maybe one day. And uh, we're happier than uh, pigs and... Pigs in pig, a blanket. Pigs in slop. It's good stuff. But now, because you have a house... With a backyard, just throwing it out there. Be like, yo, ma, 
do what you got to do. We talked about it. Yeah? Yeah, we'll do like a 10-year thing. Nice. Like a year and a half. All right. Uh, we, we're going to literally do, you know, we have five acres, so we're going to just maybe do it in the backyard. Holy crap, five acres? Got do you the... go hunting or something? No, but you got to keep the foxes away from the uh, chickens. You know the foxes? You know that song, What Does the Fox Say? That's actually what foxes say. And it's like, you can just YouTube why? it. Yeah. Just... Ding, 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 ding. No, you, why? Bring that oh, song up. I don't know, but it's going to be in your head for the rest of the day. Yeah, thanks a lot. And all of you listeners, too. But, yeah, no, that's, it's been a while, Jim. You know, like, we haven't had a chance to sit down and catch up. Actually, fun fact, people, um, even before Jimmy went to see Willie, the first time in a long time Jimmy got to see Willie was at the restaurant. When Willie came up with his wife and daughter, we all scheduled this big get-together um, where were you at that time, though, Jimmy? You, oh boy, you were still. You Where just was I? You bought the house, though. No, so that was that was a few years ago. That yeah. was pre-COVID. That was pre-COVID. Yeah, like eighteen the or. The fact that we talk about COVID like it's a date and a thing, it's still killing me, eat me alive. But um, that was pre-COVID. That was October, September, October of 2019. So I just got home three months prior from Hawaii, and I only know that because I was working for my dad because that's what I thought I was going to do and then that didn't work out because I'm not freaking working in the car business I can't I can't I lose my freaking mind especially now um, and that's when I changed went back to what I originally wanted to do when I was in the Marine Corps was be becoming uh, going to law enforcement so I kind of like reared my sights on pursuing that and then that's when we all met up here I was trying to get into an academy and then boom COVID happened and all my stuff for the academy just was put on a halt mm. and, and I just had to like all I did all I did was train uh, I just ran every day and hit the pull-up bar and like literally um, lived, in, lived in Cranford at the time yeah uh, and was just going to the Cranford track every day and just uh, just hazing myself really um, but it was everything happens for a reason and I'm so glad that that had happened that way mm-hmm. um, but that's when I saw you and Willie and Christine and Julia was a peanut. Yeah. And Skeeter, the other whole family, Skeeter and Jill and everybody was here. I have a video of that. I'll find it. I think it's on YouTube. I have it. You sent it to me. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I also sent you a text message during COVID after almost dying. So you I almost hit, died? Yeah, I almost died. From COVID? From COVID. It was very bad. To the point where, like... You know when you have like a someone who loves you so much and they're just they're mad at you for act, they they say you're like my wife was like get up what's wrong with you stop acting like this right and you want to just even get the energy to just be mad and be like shut up I'm really sick or whatever but you just you just lay there you can't even have the energy to like respond that's how sick I was. Yikes, dude. Did you go to the hospital? Or? I didn't have insurance, and I didn't want to, basically, because they were screwing people over in the hospitals, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, supposedly, if you go to the hospital and then you had really bad trouble breathing, they'd be like, here's a ventilator. Yeah. And then you had a 10% chance or whatever of living after that. Cheapers. We knew a bunch of people who died. So it was, my mom came. She brought, like, the whole kitchen sink, amoxicillin, and anything viral, bacterial, whatever. Uh... But yeah, no, I had my will taken care of ahead of time. 
Jesus. Oh, yeah, it was bad. Kids were like, uh, is dad going to live? And, you know, mom's like, yeah, no, don't worry, guys. Just don't go in the bedroom at all. Yikes, man. Yeah, that was insane. And then uh, we got it a second time. Even after the vaccine, we got it a second time. And, you know, we shouldn't call it a vaccine. It's not a vaccine. It's like a booster shot. It's like a shot of water. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, you drink vitamin C, but you're injecting it inside your butt. So. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it. You know? I didn't get it for all you listeners out there. And you know what? <laughs> Another thing, my dad never got it. He had COVID three times. Jeepers. And... He was, the only way he got affected was he said to me, and I saw it, he had maybe half a night of uncomfortable sleep. And that's it. Yeah. Which blows my mind because that's just, like in jail, they reported 98% of jail inmates who got COVID basically were asymptomatic. But we're not going to research on why, we're just going to continue on shelling money to whoever is lobbying, blah, 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 blah. But enough of that because everyone messed up during COVID. <clears throat> Cuomo, New York City. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna get into that. Yeah, there's right. A bunch of goons out there. Goons. The goons are still out there. No, they'll always be out there. You know mm. who else is a goon? Mitch McConnell. I don't. I promise you, we weren't gonna go into politics. You promised me. I know, but like this also you affects. You son of a bitch. This. All right, we'll just talk about this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Because John okay. Stewart talked about this too. Okay. You right. know they voted against the PACT Act to give free health care to veterans who were affected by burn pits? Yeah. This is like the second time. Yeah, Stewart is uh, pursuing that like he did the 9-11 uh, yeah. fund. Yeah, I know. He, ha he solidified that so they don't have to keep voting for it. Yeah. And then now, it's actually, it's, it's not much, it's Ted Cruz. Ted freaking Cruz. Man, that vampire. They're all, uh, they're all nasty in their own way, man. Yeah, you're to, right. And they all can't get out of each other's way. And they all can't actually look you in the eyes and answer you. Yeah, that's why I kind of just uh, go to work and carry on and be... <laughs> that's a healthy I, way to do it. I uh, am a full-time babysitter for adults. That's what a police officer is nowadays. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it is. So that's, that's basically what I do. I keep my head down and... Whatever. Do my thing. Can you get transferred to Bridgewater? Because I know they need no, I don't want to work in Bridgewater. No? It's a great department, but I don't want to work there. Or Watchung. Why do I? No. I got two buddies in the academy who I was with went or uh, Watchung. Sage is there. Who? Remember Sage Kindesage? No. I butchered his last name. But um, he grew up across from us. You know, he was, you know, was a dispatcher for Watchung. Who? Uh... Feel bad saying his name, but Brennan Geyser. Oh a, yeah, he's a dispatcher for Watch On. Brennan, shout out to Brennan Geyser. What's up, bro? Hey, buddy. Yeah, he got married. Has a kid. Uh, his kid just broke his leg, but kid's a trooper. He'll pull out. He's like two or three years old too. Mm. I don't know how, but I met someone once, which I'm always like yelling at my kids if they don't go down the slide the right way. But one lady said that they came in to eat, and kid had like a cast. He's like a two-year-old. I'm like, what happened? Like, yeah, he went down the slide the wrong way. I'm like, how? Like, don't, I don't know. He just came down the slide crying. Jesus. Probably burned his ass or something. Maybe, but his whole arm was broken, so. Yikes, dude. Yeah, it's insane. But, yeah, so that was the last time we saw you there. And then 
You moved back. You got a nice house. I lived down the beach for six months. That's nice. Was I went to the Atlantic County Public Safety Training Academy. That sounds in brutal. In Egg Harbor Township as an alternate route recruit. How, did, how was that? It was just fine. Just like, did you have to be there? Yeah. Yeah. If I want to become a cop, yeah, you got to go to the police right. academy. So you just did your time. I was alternate route, so I put myself through, <clears throat> which is what my brother-in-law did when he was there, and then he's a, he's a firefighter now, but um, it's the best way. If you're really hungry and you want to become a police officer, you go alternate route. Are you, all right, so you're so a you state take, trooper now? No. I am a township employee in a northeast town. Do you want to be a state trooper? No. I originally did when I was in the Marine Corps. I told myself, I'm going to come home and be a trooper, and that's it. And then I talked myself out of the trooper law enforcement thing. and was like, I'm going to work for Dad. I'm going to do what I want to do my whole life, work for Dad. And then when that didn't work out, because I didn't want it to work out, to be truthfully and brutally honest, couldn't, couldn't be in an office for the rest of my life. Just can't do it. Um, I said, I'm going to get back on that path. And listening to a bunch of people who, prior law enforcement, current law enforcement, just like, yeah, like, go work in a nice town. Go chill out. Like, even, like, Warren was appealing, but I don't want to work where I grew up. So it was just like, like a town like Warren as, like, an example. But work in a nice town, you know. Whatever, get to know the uh, get to know the community. Whatever, like for an example, like last week, they because of my Marine Corps experience, they want to be the me to be the drill instructor for uh, the Junior Police Academy. So the sixth grade wow. through ninth grade. How was that? Go go do that, and I was like, do, do, or not only go do that, it was do you want to do that? I said absolutely, because I like working with kids, I like working with the town. You know, you meet the parents, you meet the kids when they grow up, because I'm going to be there 19 years when they grow up. Mm -hmm. You know them from a young age. It, it all works out. Um, and I enjoy it. It was awesome. We took them to county and saw the canine unit in Morris County. And, you know, you see the bomb squad and bomb squad guys talk to you. And went to, we even went to juvenile detention center. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Scared them straight. But believe it or not, that's what I was waiting for. And the, that was, hey. I just said to him before they went in there, I was like, you're going to be on your best behavior, and if you ever end up here while you're not in the Junior Police Academy, shame on you, because <laughs> we give you the tools to succeed. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, that's, but it was fun. It was good. It was a good time, and I really do love my job. Uh, I love patrol, and I love being on the road. It's awesome. Um, anybody looking for that change, stuck in an office, like whatever, prior military, just get out there. Um, become a cop. It's great. Small town. So tell me, this is a hard question, Jimmy, all right? And I just want your experience. And I don't judge because it's teach their own, and in the end, you have to do what you have to do to feed your family and do whatever. But what was going through your head when um, the whole defund the police thing happened and the killing of African-Americans and all that stuff. Which George, were George Floyd, all that. George Floyd. There was another one where this other cop literally shot a black man in the back and then just put his gun down next to him afterwards. Where was that? Was that Chicago? But it was someone was filming it off the side of the highway. All right, here's the deal, man. Just like the military, 5% is a big number, so I'm going to say like a little less than 5%. Yeah. 
Marines, soldiers, sailors, airmen, police officers, firefighters, there is a very small percent of these individuals who are on the job that shouldn't be. Somehow, some way, someone got them there and they should have never been there. And these are the individuals who are really making a bad name for our job title. Couldn't agree more. It sucks. And what I mean by all this is just like, let's, perfect example. Practice what you preach. I'm a one, I'm, I'm a guy who, I love to train. I love, love to train. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because you, you practice how you play, right? Yeah. That woman, that sergeant in Minnesota who reached for her taser and said, taser, taser, but shot the guy in the chest because she pulled her gun. Oh, my God. That's, that's what that is. Not enough time on the range, not enough knowing your gear inside out. That's just... Well, how about that lady who... Th these are the things, though, that people don't understand. It's like, oh, wow, look at that idiot, and they're just people carrying guns. They don't even know how to use them. Yeah, it's it like, should never be generalized. It's like, you know, it's, it's yeah. not all that. It's These people have been getting away with being goody-two-shoe, I'm really good around the office, I'm, I'm, I write a mean report, hmm. and I do extracurricular things, but really, t at the end of the day, you walk around with that uniform, and you work, walk around with your Batman belt, and you have all these tools, and you're not utilizing them. You don't practice with them. And when you don't practice or utilize what you have on your persons, every single day you go out in the field, or you hit the road, or whatever, it's a good recipe for disaster, man. Yeah, you have to have muscle memory. We got rifles and shotguns in our cars, too. I'm going to just take a guess and say that she doesn't shoot those as often as she should have either. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, another thing, right? Uh, you brought up another story I saw in the news was this lady, she worked 12-hour shift, was tired, went home to her apartment, noticed that her door was open, and then she saw uh, a guy in the apartment, and she pulled out her gun and shot him. Then she realized that wasn't her apartment. That was the guy's apartment. And it's like, okay, I, I get you're tired, but like if I went into someone's house and if I thought that it was my house and the door was unlocked, the first thing I would check was, is this my house? Mm. You know? So she was also a cop too, so that kind of like, they kind of played it as racism and stuff. Then you have people like my friend who, shout out to uh, Robert Otis, Brockton PD in uh, South, south of Boston, Brockton is. In Boston? I saw him this weekend. We went to go visit another, they're both in the Marines with me. Rob was in Camp Lejeune, but we trained together in North Carolina. And Cole, shout out Cole Muddy, is a Nassau County officer. He, we were all in the Marine Corps together. Um, Rob was on the job in Brockton for probably a couple of months. Yeah. Response to a domestic 
uh, sees a guy slumped over in his car and goes to check him out. And he's like, yeah. hey, like knocking on the window, checks him out. And the guy's got a bullet hole through his friggin' neck. Oh my God. So he's dead. As soon as Rob looks up to the second story window of these projects in Brockton, the guy starts blasting. Just oh starts blasting. Rob gets shot twice in the chest. Oh. He was wearing his vest, obviously. Thank God. Uh, you know, he tries to move to the C pillar to get to gain access to the trunk where his rifle is, but at the same time, he's returning fire to that second story window. He gets hit in the leg just above the kneecap. Ugh. Uh, the shrapnel's still in his leg, but he he doesn't even know that he was shot in the chest because of the adrenaline. He knew when he got hit in the leg. Yeah. And then he moved over, he got it, access to the trunk. Whether it was before he grabbed his rifle, I think it was right before he grabbed his rifle when he was returning fire, the guy got his thumb. Ooh. His thumb was hanging off by a piece of skin, oh basically. My God. Was it an automatic? The guy was just spraying everywhere? Um, I believe he had, like, I believe he had a rifle. I believe, I believe he had a rifle. Wow. The guy from the window. So Rob's trying to get to his rifle, and his thumb is now hanging by a flap of skin. Mm. So his thumb is like, Burr. Sad face, thumb. <laughs> and he just, he said it was getting in the way of him changing a mag and like yeah. doing all that. So he actually pulled his thumb off and put it in his pocket. <laughs> and then he went, got access to the trunk, took his rifle out, put two in the guy's side. Because he knows from his training in the Marine Corps that he's going to have a far better chance of getting this guy down with a rifle. And he's also going to the B pillar, to the C pillar of the vehicle. He's like, Maintaining cover and concealment. He's doing what he needs to do. Basically, the FBI gets there, U.S. Marshal, every every friggin' body clears the streets. Ambulance gets there. He hops in the ambulance. And the EMT starts yelling at him, what are you doing in my ambulance? He goes in his pocket. <laughs> he pulls out his thumb, and he slaps it in the woman's hand. and goes, take me to the hospital. And he sits up on the gurney. The streets are cleared for him. He gets heloed in a Boston general. Uh-huh. Um, but I just saw him, when we went, right after all that happened, we went to go see him. He was out of the hospital within like four days. The department basically gave him his gun belt and all of his stuff back, his holster, uh -huh. covered in his blood. It's like, here you go, welcome back. Clean that shit. Basically gave him his stuff back and we're like, welcome to work. That's insane. Um, they reattached his thumb. Uh, we saw him this weekend though. Was his thumb discolored? No, his thumb's good. He's yeah. got a feeling in it. You can move it. That's awesome. It's funny, though. I was like, yo, your, like, fingerprint is, like, moved up to the top of your finger. Like, because they had to, like, move some skin around. He yeah. was like, yeah, I know. I can give, like, a fraudulent, fraudulent fingerprint if I wanted to. Yeah. Because it's all jacked up. But that's the stuff that, like, because of his training, he was able to not only get through it. By the way, they negotiated with the guy for an hour and a half, two hours after. And, and he just... He ended up taking his own life. Mm. So... Rob was successful in carrying out the mission and doing what he needed to do. And he was able to get out of there unscathed and nobody else was hurt. He was the only one that was hurt. He was yeah. officer down. He was the only one that hurt. And he got some tickets to a Patriots game, got to do the coin toss. Nice. Um, but practice, 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 practice. Do you think, like, they, uh, the police department, they give you, like, like, hey, here's a random bonus for almost dying. Or no. We'll give you, we'll, we'll have you walk a beat up the town, nothing crazy compared to that. No. Or it's just another day back at work. It's another day. Especially where he is. 
Yeah, Boston, man. He's Brockton, so it's South Boston. That's it's where he grew up. It's where he wants to be. Uh, and he, uh, yeah. So, side note, uh, I remember there's like this funny ass meme is whenever someone in Hollywood needs someone to play a Boston cop, then you see Mark Wahlberg walking like a. What's his name? Zoolander. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's Mark Wahlberg. Oh, it's like, my God. I'll do it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, no, this shit, people, like, they just see it in movies and stuff, and then they just see all the negative stuff shared, but then they don't see the positive stuff. Or, like, who are you going to call if someone robs your house? You know? Yeah, I mean, that's a... You know, I get it. Technology I, helps, but, you, you know, you always got to be ready. Uh you know, and you can be for firearms against them, whatever. I don't really care, but you got to also trust, just trust in your, and I understand, you know, it's tough in some places in this country where you have incidents like the, whatever, doesn't matter, where incidents like these happen, to call your department who is affiliated with what's on the news and whatever. But, you know, where we live, honestly, like I know, I, I just, there's no reason to sacrifice your well-being if you can just call your department. You could just 100% call them. right. You know what I mean? Uh, the one thing I always asked for when they, administration, they were like, oh, like, who, who thinks we should bring up certain things with the chief? And I always, or, or whoever. Yeah. The training coordinator or whatever. I, we, I always raise my hand. I always go, we need to shoot, man. We need to shoot. I know we live in a nice town, but you, if you don't train, if you don't get your hands on your weapon, even like silly like baton training, we carry we still carry batons. <laughs> what? Like you don't use a baton. The only time, two times I've ever used a baton was when uh, I had to get people out of a car and I used my window breaker, and then I used the baton to clear the frame of the door to gain access. Is it the access. cool baton where you like you push it down like a lightsaber? <laughs> or is it a straight up 90s one where... I want to say yes, but it's not like a lightsaber move. Okay. <laughs> no, just... But yeah, I, it's an extended baton. So yeah. Whatever. Um, That's crazy. You know, you gotta, you gotta clear the glass. Sometimes you gotta clear glass, or you gotta like... You know, whatever. Um, that's what that's what I use it for. Um, you know, motor vehicle crashes, drunks. Uh, you know, woman a woman had a seizure. Oh went right into a building. Oh. She was passed out. And uh, obviously, you got to knock. Well, yeah, of course. It's like you did everything just you can. Just to be like, hey, like, are what's you going alive? on? And she she was just unconscious, so you had to break the window and get the baton out and clear the clear the glass. These are things that happen every day uh, across the country. And you just got to be ready for it. So you have, like I said, you got your, like, we have outer carriers, which are great, but you got your Batman belt. You got, like, stuff. You can even put some of your own stuff in there. So I agree. I think majority of America agrees. Training needs to be proper for these guys. And the training is there. It's just a lack of training. Because, yeah. like, I remember after 9-11, um, police departments, especially in New York City, had military-type budget and equipment. And it's like, okay, do you know how to use this tank? No, we have to bring someone in from out of state to drive it for us. Well, that's a little different, because you have contractors who are subcontracted out to the NYPD. You have divisions within the NYPD who, who know how to operate certain things, like a patrolman in NYPD, 
you know, if the emergency management guy was like, here's a drone, fly it. <laughs> so he would, he would just like, like video games, okay. He'd probably say, excuse me. <laughs> um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, training is a big thing. Anywhere you, it's like, it's like hey, you want to be an athlete? Okay, here's a football, go catch. All right, fudge, I dropped well, it. You know, that was the other thing. You um, speaking of athletes and stuff. When I was in Hawaii, no disrespect to the HPD. Uh, I love the HPD guys, um, but, you know, even NYPD does, you know, some departments you just go, and you, HPD, by the way, Honolulu Police Department, you, like, go... And you see some of these guys, you were talking athletes, and they're just so big. You just go, bro, if I ran from you, <laughs> you would never catch me. <laughs> I think that's like a common sense thing. But so that annoys me. I don't know what's like a, a personal thing, a military, you know, like whatever. But it's always like, you know, after the holidays, everybody always, I know myself, always been a big guy. But like, I pride myself. You gotta like be conditioned. You gotta be ready. You gotta be ready. You have to. You don't have to look good, but you better be able to pull your own weight. Yeah. You know, and I know that. But just by looking at some of these guys, a very few in New Jersey, we're very fortunate. I feel like I've seen like, especially around here, everybody goes to the gym. Everybody's in pretty good shape. But like, in some major cities, you just look on a street corner and you just go. Holy crap, dude. What the hell? Remember in uh, every year in elementary school, I'm sure the listeners had this too, they would make us run the mile. We would have to run it under 12 minutes. That's what it was, right? It was 12? Yeah. Yeah. 12. And if you're an athlete, it's like 7. But it, the, if, the best is 7, right? But like 12. Marine Corps PFT is 3 miles, 18 minutes or less. Holy crap. 20 pull-ups, which right now I think it's 26. And 100 sit-ups in two minutes. I always did 100 sit-ups. I always did 20 pull-ups. And I always did a sub. My best was 1906. What about cramping? What about it? Drink salt or eat salt. They give you, they're like, yo, take this salt. Keep going. In boot camp during the crucible, I was cramping so bad in Uh my sleep. And my buddy was like, I swear to God, this works. And he hands me a packet of salt out of a military ration. Yeah. And I just chug a packet of salt. And I swear to Christ, it works. No, yeah, I mean, like, uh, for all you gym junkies out there, like, if you drink pickle juice or eat, like, a couple pickles pickle right before you so work good. out, yes, yeah. that's, like, the original pre-workout. Yeah, I don't know about pre-workout, but it certainly keeps oh, it'll you hydrated. De- it'll definitely wake you up. Keeps like, you hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude, like, right now, I, was, I woke up at, like, 191. I was like, this needs to stop. So I've been fasting now. I told you earlier before we started recording. And not just that, but like really focusing on what I'm eating, measuring everything. Last meal, I have to have fats in the meal so I don't like binge later on. And so far, the acid's gone now. Um, I'm at 186, 185. So the next step is to be like, all right, let's add more cardio and then keep this consistent for at least like six weeks, eight weeks. See where it takes me. Yeah. Go easy on cardio, though. A lot of people think that you have to run miles in order to lose weight. It's oh, like, no, I just do crap. sprints now. Yeah, it's just sprints. It's all crap. Yeah. What I, I did this morning. What'd you do? I did hot yoga. That's good, too. I love yoga. I yeah. try and do it three or four times a week. It's amazing, whether it's after workout or just that's it. That's what I can fit in. Hot yoga and then, like, 
swim some laps, mm-hmm. and sit in the sauna, and that's it, man. Like, when I had time, I would work out, yoga, spin class, and then go home. And it's like three and a half hours pass by. That's when I had time. You can always hit the insanity, too. Yeah, that's true. Yo, insanity's for real. Two months. Two months of good dieting. Yeah. A little bit of cardio before you do it. Mm. And then insanity. I lost... 2019, I lost 27 pounds cool. in less than two months. Damn. I got down to like 188, 187. I was ready for my Maui trip. Look good for Maui. Yes. <laughs> Shirts off most of the time. But it's, I mean, it, but then, you you know, I was doing no carbs. That's uh, all crap, too. You got you to gotta eat. I feel like you got to eat a little bit of everything. If you deprive yourself of something, it's just going to come back so much harder, especially carbs. Oh, yeah. You just blow up. Yeah, I mean, it's all about when you eat it, how much you eat. Like, in the morning, uh, so I'll do the fast, right? I'll wake up, I'll take, like, a double shot espresso. Um, then I'll eat something a little sugary after my cardio, like a couple starbursts or something like that. Then work out, right? Do you ever do, uh, like, apple cider vinegar in the morning? No, I used to do it at nighttime, you know? Say first thing, it clears out all the gook. The yeah, you could say gook. Yeah. <laughs> in your well, in your stomach. Lemon lemon water I would take yeah. in the morning. Yeah. But um yeah, I want to do apple cider vinegar with lemon water and see how that tastes. Most likely horrible, but it's okay. Um but then after that, after I work out, then I'll have protein shake with a buttload of fruits. And then my second meal would be carbs and meat, protein, and then third meal would be carbs, not as much meat. And a lot of veggies. Like my next meal, when you leave, I have to eat. I'm gonna probably eat like lamb shank, because has a lot of fat with that. Probably eat like a half a bowl of rice, bowl of soup, because lentils, fiber. Eat some bean sprouts. Oh no, not bean sprouts. Uh, broccoli sprouts. How often do you eat from your restaurant every day? If I'm here, all the time. Yeah. Because it's like right there. But then if I'm out, it's that's the hard part. Like if I'm home, I'm just gonna eat eggs. Because I'm a very simple dude. Get some chickens, bro. Yeah. Chickens are legit. Or like... They uh, give us four eggs every day, at least. I Well, right now we live in the apartment, but you, you see you have five acres, right? You can definitely put like a chicken coop in... I got a coop. It's not that huge. I yeah. took the old coop down and put, built a new coop. Um, what else they, you got there? Just chickens? They free range, and that's what happened to the one chicken. Yeah. Fox. Fox got him. But, I mean, you get, somebody's got to be out there, and somebody was not out there. The dog protects the chickens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they free-range, whatever. Uh, that's all we have, too, is just chickens. How about a goat? Uh, everybody keeps telling me, get a goat. I don't want a goat. First, My coworker, you know what he said? He said, get a, uh, what are they called? The goats that faint. What? And I was like, dude, why do I want that? I was like, why do would they a produce goat milk? Faint? Do they, like, are they good, like... Meat. He was just like, no, they're great. They're a great distraction for predators because they pass out. I was like, that's ridiculous. I don't want that. <laughs> well, you ever see those videos where they just... I don't know that, they but... They get like, scared? Now I'm going to look that up. But the thing is, right, because like, goats, they're supposed to be smarter than dogs. I know. But I don't want a goat. Yeah. I want... Not a goat. <laughs> it's okay. I, um, yeah. They do produce milk, if you get the female. I know. Yeah, I'm not a goat milk guy. Make some feta cheese. Yeah, not a goat guy. But what else can you get then? I can get anything. Just chickens, 
You have a dog. What kind of dog? She's a mutt. Nice. She's a hunting dog. She's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, she's, a, she's a sweetheart, but she's very athletic. So. Mm. Um, yeah, everything, I don't know. You got friggin' nature, though, man. Like, woke up the other morning and it was like a Disney movie. It was like, uh, hmm. there was like a pair of squirrels. There was like three rabbits. It was like, there was like a deer and its its mother fawn and a doe. And then uh, how's the tick there's situation? A, there? There's a family of foxes that live in the front of our property, which oh. they do keep their distance from the chickens because of the dog. But it's literally little foxes, three little foxes, and a father and a mother, and they live in the front. They live by our blackberry bushes. If you spray like pee that you can get on Amazon, they'll never come back again. That's what my dog does. She pees on the outskirts of the property. Yeah, and that's right. We had a bear. What? Walk across the lawn the other day. Oh my God. Brown so, bear? No, it was black bear. Black the thing bear. was friggin' massive. It was so big, dude. I let I, the, I let the dog out because I'm not even thinking. Let the dog out, and she just stops and sits and looks at this thing. And <laughs> fortunately, walking the other way. Um, Do you guys get a lot of ticks? Because that's like the new thing now. Uh, in the early spring, we did. Uh, and I'm sure they're still out there, but not. You can get like so a tick much. bomb where you just put it in the corner of your property, and they all just converge there and die. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Or you could set it on fire and hear all those pops. Pop, pop, pop. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. How much was the property? And how old's the house? The house was built in like 72, 74. It's not bad. It's been somewhat updated. It still needs some work. Property needs work. Jeepers. Um, but yeah, it's it's five acres. and. Did you get it like during the crazy surge or before? Yo, so I did. I got it like back in March of this year. And believe it or not, we ended up not paying that much over ask. Really? Julia's got a coworker who just paid a... Paid like seventy-five thousand over ass. Oh my and god! And I was like, "That is absurd." Um, we got it before, not that much over ask, and we got it before these interest rates went through the roof because yeah. they're they're rising like crazy right now. So um, that's the problem. We're very, with us. We're very yeah. lucky. We're trying to find, but then again, it's like, do you want to save ten grand for maybe in three years when interest rates goes back to like two or three percent? Move out west, man. Get that hundred and county. I don't know. Do it. I, I mean, like I work in Northeast Morris County, and I live in Hunterdon County. My commute is long, but um, worth it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moose has got a customer. We got a customer, guys. Pause for a second. Anyway, back to it. So, you know, uh, the thing is, is, my daughter and then my son will start school in Piscataway because it's a private school. What? Yeah, it's a religious, like, private school. Oh, it's Piscataway, huh? Yeah, so it's like 15 minutes from where we live now. If we live in Bridgewater, it would also be 15, 20 minutes tops. I passed it today. Yeah. I definitely passed that school today. I know where you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, on Hose Lane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. big school. Because I, I went to Monroe yeah. uh, for, uh, you golf, can't miss for it. golf today. Yeah, I Dude, saw this, it. the story of trying to get that mosque built is insane. Really? Actually, the story of getting the mosque built in Bridgewater is the same story, too. I bet. Or in Basking Ridge. I bet. They're all like, hey, you can buy this land tomorrow. We changed all the variances and laws, so now you can't build a mosque there. It's like, you knew we were going to buy yeah, it. That's, that's jacked. 
back but up. Seven years later, like $10 million and a land swap, or bigger land, that's how the Bridgewater Mosque like won finally. Mm. But uh, now they just need to like figure out, all right, how do we become self-sustainable now? And yeah, how do we move forward? But that's on them. Well, it's good. That's exciting that they're going. You're happy with the, the place and everything like that? Or? Yeah, I'm happy with the school. My daughter obviously knows more than I do now when it comes to that level in uh, religious teachings and stuff. Cool. So it's fun to see her like school me and stuff. It's crazy how big she is. Yeah, right? Last time you saw her, she was like... You woke her up from a nap, so yeah. she was not... Smiles. She was like... <laughs> she was not happy. 18 months. 18 yeah, she months. Was, she was a peanut. Yeah. It's crazy. And like when you saw Julia, same thing. Willie's daughter. Oh, man, dude. She's so grown up now, it's wild. Yeah, they all When talk. I saw her running around Epcot, when we... Because we met... So Willie and Christine and Julia came... We were staying in the, uh, the Animal Kingdom, so they... This is what Jane wanted, by the way, everyone, for her 70th birthday. She wanted to go to friggin' Disney World. Okay. <laughs> Holy hell. You can have it. You can have it. Um, but they met us at Animal Kingdom, and then we went out to Epcot. Yeah. Uh, then my parents and my sister and her husband met us later at Epcot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, man. Um, she's just so well-behaved. She, like, did rides at, like, at her age, because I was kind of a little... I was a little bitch at her age with rides. She was going on like she was going on some rides. She went on like f- that flight ride. Okay, you're like, you like high up. Where you like pick up and you're like going through like a like a simulation of like being up. She was like a little nerve wracked, but she, then she was having a blast. It was pretty cool. Um, and she's just so well behaved, and you know, um, she's awesome. So. And uh, like we learn, so what is it? I think Joe Rogan said it. Uh, shout out to Joe Rogan. Please follow this podcast. And, uh, please bring uh, us you would I like think. that, wouldn't you, Moose? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, he said, I, I'm going to butcher the quote, but he says, like, hard men create, uh, create not-so-hard children who create soft kids who create a hard environment. Mm. I totally butchered that. I know that. But basically, like, you know, like, our parents killed it. They gave everything that we ever wanted because they didn't have it. And then we look at it as, okay... If we spoil our kids even more, then they're just gonna say no to us every time. Especially the screen time crap, you know? So, if you can, folks, raise your kids poor as much as possible and outside as much as possible and away from these screens, unless you're at a restaurant. That's my advice because I've seen what it can do and experience it. And, like, and scientifically, you can Google this crap too, but like it slows the reaction of happiness, surprise, and feeling good when you have a screen in front of you that responds to every tap you do and this and that. For us growing up, it's we just watched TV and we had to just power through the commercials and maybe like make a bowl of mac and cheese in between. If I have kids are getting a cell phone at 12 years old, mm-hmm. it's going to be a Nokia block <laughs> and it's going to have snake on it. Yes. You know, like we had when we were kids. But uh, no, that's I, I get it. You know what they have is uh, Apple now has the Apple watches that you can set up just for a kid, but with no phone. So the kid can just have a watch. Yeah, but they still don't have a freaking life with that. No, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I look at how bad social media is for young girls. That's why I almost, you know, that's why you're a ghost on there. I don't have social media. Even better. Shocker. I voted for Trump and everyone got upset. (laughs) 
so I was like, I can't take these crybabies, and I deleted my social, my Facebook account in 2018. You know, it's it's best thing I ever did. It has to be mutual respect. All right. Even in politics, it's like, you believe this guy? All right, cool. I still respect you. I still love you. I don't agree with this guy's ideologies, and maybe you don't either. And it goes all the way. I mean, like, I honestly think we should not vote for an old dude who's, like, halfway checked out. doesn't matter what aisle. I think we should vote for someone maybe our age. Who knows? Take a wall. Take a look at the wall of presidents, brother. All old dudes. I know. That's the problem. How about we just get somebody who's most qualified? That would be even better. How about that? That would be even better. Uh, it is what it is, though, man. All right. Well, we're going to end it here because uh, Fernando is going to use the uh, blender, <laughs> and it's going to ruin this episode. But thanks, Jimmy. I really appreciate you. For sure, man. By. Let's do another one soon, and we'll read current events and just make fun of everyone. I don't know about that, but <laughs> sure. All righty. All right, Jim. I'll see you in the next one. I'll see you at the gym. See Peace. you, man.